I want winners. I want people that want to win. You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. You got to put your money where your mouth is, Pete. It's not gambling advice. Welcome to Not Gambling Advice. I am your host, Colby Olson, joined by Dusty Baker. Today is Monday, May 16th. You know we're going to be running down waiver wire pickups, streaming pitchers. Dusty, welcome back to the show, man. I think you were on here a couple weeks ago. Really glad to have you back. How's your fantasy season going? Any disappointments thus far on your team? You know, pre-show you were talking to me about kind of a mishap that happened to you. So maybe walk me through that a little bit. Yeah, it's good to be back. Uh, and uh, I did a not gambling advice, not gambling move that really blew up in my face uh, on Sunday evening. Um, I was blessed to have both starters, Carlos Rodon and also Adam Wainwright on my roster. Um, just at that time, you know, sometimes I'll bench my starting pitchers depending on categories head to head. Well, in this case, I was tied in wins. Um, so I was shooting for getting that victory in the wins department. And I also had a lead by one in losses. So basically, I had to sit there and say, do I just kind of bunch bench both guys and, you know, take what I'm given here? Or do I go for it and, and go for the wins category and hope I don't get a loss? Well, I felt like going for the wins was smart, but I had to go with one of two guys because otherwise my odds of getting a win and a loss were much greater having both starting pitchers going head to head. So you have Carlos Rodon, who at this time is the Cy Young leading candidate, in my opinion, in the National League versus Adam Wainwright, who's had a couple inconsistent performances um, against the better team, in my opinion, in the Giants. So naturally, I sat Adam Wainwright. I started Carlos Rodon. And now I lost that matchup. So, yeah, that was a, a really rough end to my week, if you will. So looking to do better this week, Colby. Looking to do better. We're always on to the next week. And I think that's something that we need to remind people, right, is if you're out, if you think you're out of it right now at 0-5, or say you're 1-4, you're not out of it. Like I, in fantasy basketball this season, I was 0-5 to start the year. And I was like, you know what, I'm out of it. But I kept focusing on the waiver wire. I kept trying every single week, set my lineup. By the end of the year, I made the playoffs. Not only did I make the playoffs, I made the semifinals and lost by like five points in the semifinals. But it just shows that it's very early in the first month. Stay with it. Use the guys we're going to give you today to help build a team throughout the season. It's a long, long season. It's a grind. So I'm going to throw it over to you first dusty because i want you to run me through your first guy you want to pick up this week yeah uh you know patience as you said it, that is key and uh one guy that i've kind of been patient sitting back on um when you look at just lineups uh i don't think i could be much more patient on this guy except for yadiel hernandez the numbers that he's been putting up lately I, I can't sit there and let him hang on the waiver wire much longer in yahoo leagues right now he is owned by 38 percent of leagues which i think that number is probably pretty accurate to what you'd expect it's not like he's had much of a starting role at the start of the year but that has developed over time and I will say his body of work overall has been incredibly impressive. His slash line at 337, 375, he's getting on base quite a bit. And then the slugging is really what blew me away. His 528 slugging percentage. More so also the body of work over the last two weeks. That's usually kind of what I use um, to kind of gauge where a player's at. 
Uh, heading into the day of recording, 15 for 40. Uh, that's good for a 375 average. He's slugging 625 in that period of time with two home runs. Uh, he's getting the job done in a lineup where you really wouldn't expect much production across the board. But keep in mind, he does have guys like Josh Bell who are blowing up right now. And, of course, Juan Soto in that lineup. So there are guys that are there he can drive in or they can drive him in as well. Um, I, I really liked what I've seen from him hitting in the five hole. That's where they've been slotting him lately. And uh, I don't see them making that change anytime soon. He's got a couple tough matchups coming up with the Miami Marlins and the Brewers on the road. So uh, that's one thing to be wary of, I guess, when you pick him up is that this will probably be a major test for him to see if he really is for real this week. But it's hard for me, Colby, to sit back and let this guy hang on the waiver wire much longer because of these numbers. Yeah, he he got taken off my waiver wire earlier this week. Um, and honestly, I wasn't even really in tune with who he was until that happened because I honestly don't watch many Nationals games. But yeah, he slotted into that five hole right, you know, right after Josh Bell, right in front of Kiebert Ruiz, who's actually come on as of late and hit really well. Um, this guy's intriguing because he hits a lot of balls on the ground, but that can actually fare well for batting average. I don't think he's going to continue to do what he's doing right now but you might as well pick him up and enjoy what he's going to produce for the next two to three weeks. And nonetheless, I mean, if he's hitting in the five hole in that nationals lineup, yeah, it's not the craziest lineup, but they've actually been hitting really, really well the last few weeks and slotted in there. He can have some nice run and RBI production. Um, I think in terms of outfield upside, this guy definitely has a ton of upside here. I like this pick. Yeah, the barrel rate, by the way, too, uh, ranks in the top 81%. And uh, so that, to me, leads me to believe that at least you're going to see this uh, be something that maybe will be a little more consistent over time, too. You're not going to get much speed out of him. He ranks in the bottom 20% in that category. But he doesn't chase the ball too terribly often. Um, he gets on base enough for me to find him to be relevant uh, at this time. And he hits the ball decently hard, too, nearly the top 75 percentile in that category. So, yeah, I, I really do like what I see from him. I guess one thing to keep in mind is if you're in a keeper league, this is obviously not a guy that you're going to be stashing thinking he's going to be doing this for years to come. He's 34 years old. So uh, he is what you might call a very, very late bloomer. <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, uh, I am riding Yadiel, as you said, at least ride the hot streak uh, and beware that he is going to face some good pitching this week. That is crazy. I didn't realize that he was 34. I, I frankly knew nothing about this guy. And, and that shows him being 34 and coming out of nowhere. Um, the next guy I'm going to move on to has got its own a little bit more than that. 32% of leagues right now. Um, it's a guy that I think we talked about earlier this week on the show. And Brendan Rogers has really come on as of late and produced some really, really good at bats. He looked over match to begin the season, uh, but you just kind of had to figure that that was an early season slump. This guy, former top prospect came back from a, an injury last year and really hit the ball. Well, to end the season and, He's finally shown that that was not a fluke. The power's there. The hard hit rate's there. Um, I think that Brandon Rogers, it's time to get back on the bandwagon because he was a guy that was owned in 70, 80, 90% of leagues to start the year. And now he's down to 32% ownership. If somebody dropped him, now is the time to buy before in the next two weeks he's going to go off. And I just love owning cores hitters in fantasy. I know that the splits are scary, but when they're at home, they're an auto start auto start 
Yeah, I really like this pick, uh, and it's especially because you had mentioned, you know, former top prospect. One thing that I've noticed over the last year or so, you've seen these top prospects. I'm just going to throw Jared Kelenic out as a, a name of most recency bias here, where they just really haven't been producing the moment that they've been called up. Um, you could even say that Julio Rodriguez – up until recently, like over the last week or two, uh, outside of the stolen base category, it's not like he's been putting up gaudy numbers either. Um, but most of them, Bobby Wood Jr., uh, Spencer Torkelson has just been terrible. at the You got to give them like 100, 200 plate appearances. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the new trend. The, you know, pitching gets more difficult as the years go on. And I think that even with the top tier talent that the prospects like Brendan Rogers can provide, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to see that show up in year one, year two, or even year three. Right. And so you're seeing Brendan Rogers over the last two months with completely different splits. Uh, Colby, I'll tell you this on April the 26th, his average 78. Okay. 0 0.078. That is awful. OPS at 0.270, okay? It, we're, we're talking about a 270 guy that just doesn't even belong in the starting lineup. How about in May, he is able to get his average up over 100 points. In fact, it's at 216 right now, which doesn't sound great, but when you're at 0 0.078 to 216, that is a significant jump. What I like even more is you've seen the OPS jump up almost 300, actually more than 300 points uh, in that category. And in the month of May, 370 Average 370 on base percentage. You have a slugging 609. And uh, Colby, the OPS of 979. That is definitely going to jump off the paper for you. Uh, the, he's an interesting guy because the ball really does pop up his bat. You can see the barrel rate has increased. The hard hit rate has increased as well. He's still working on some of those other categories. Uh, the chase rate's still a little bit low. But uh, progressively, you've seen his month of May just over dramatically take over from what you saw in April. Yeah, and the last thing I'll bring up is that the Rockies do have a lot of confidence in him. Um, I mean, I think people think that he's been in the league a long time because he has. He's been a prospect forever, and he came up in 2019. But until this year, he had only had you know 500 plate appearances in the bigs. And what I like that I've seen over the last week is he went from eighth in the order down to seventh, down to sixth, and now he's fifth in this order. So they're showing confidence in him, and they want him to get a lot of at-bats eventually. They just don't want to put him in a bad situation. They're finally... He's finally coming around. Yeah, no doubt about that. I, I, I think that if you have a guy at Coors that has been as highly projected as him, this may be the time to buy low, as you had mentioned, um, especially considering the fact that those May numbers look like he may be trending in a very positive direction that can really help you be a possibly a league winner right there. Yep. Yeah, so it's all you. Go on to your next one. Yeah, the, uh, the next guy that I have, uh, you know, I'm a big fan, Colby, of position eligibility, okay? I like having a guy that will cater to more than one spot. And so if you're in a standard Yahoo League, you may notice a guy by the name of Tra Travis Demerit uh, or Demerite. I honestly can't really Demerit. tell you. It's Demerit. Demerit. There you go. Travis Demerit, 5% uh, owned right now in standard Yahoo Leagues. But he takes place at second base shortstop and the outfield as well. So there's versatility right there. Um, and then what I really like about what I've seen is that he's been given opportunity after opportunity with this Braves lineup that 
quite frankly, has been beat up. You've seen Ronald Acuna Jr. struggling to stay healthy. Uh, Demer has come in, and he's actually put up impressive numbers in the limited appearances that he's been given. Um, you've seen him hit in the leadoff spot. You've seen him hit in the 7, 8, 9 hole. But no matter what, they're putting him in the order, and I think that that's something that's crucial. And you want a guy that can give you the versatility that can also actually give you the numbers, right? Well, he's done just that in the appearances that he's made. Um, he's 18 of 60, so he has three home runs. He's not going to give you speed, but he at least is going to get on base for you, hit for average. The slugging percentage has been higher than I think most people would have projected. But on top of that, if you look at what he's done early on, the speed that he's got, I think that he's going to get you some stolen bases moving forward. They just got to get him going there. Uh, and it depends on where the order obviously has him as well. If he can stay in the leadoff position, depending on the, the health of Acuna, then maybe you've got a guy that could possibly get you steals. Uh, but what I'm really impressed by is just the early production that he's had. Um, you're noticing that he's spreading the ball to all, all parts of the field. Um, and I really am intrigued by this guy. I think that if you want a guy that needs to fill up your backup role, uh, he may be the guy that can actually do that for you. He started out really hot, petered out a little bit, but uh, he's kind of brought himself back into relevance. And that OPS at 841, that's not something I'm complaining about. Yeah, I mean, for context, this is a guy that last year in AAA hit 21 home runs in just 81 games, 300 plate appearances. And you brought up the slugging percentage, but I think that slugging percentage is not only real, but actually has room to grow. He's a guy that's hitting the ball really, really hard right now. Average launch angle close to 15 degrees. So he's hitting everything in the air. And if he's staying in the lineup at the top of this lineup, he, he stole seven bags in 81 games last year in AAA. There's some speed. There's a lot of power in this bat. And, you know, we were talking earlier about how top prospects, when they come up, they, they have a tough time. And I think there's also a pressure element to that as well. And like a guy like Demerit is definitely a prospect and definitely a known guy, but he's not coming up with all the eyes on him. He can kind of fly under the radar and just kind of be comfortable in the bigs right away. Um, so he's shown confidence straight away and, and has a lot of power. I, I think this in a deeper league, if you're in a 12 team, 14 team beyond, definitely a snag right now. Yeah, I, I really like the pick. I think that uh, moving forward too, I mean, he's only had three years in the league. So you're seeing significant growth with a, an opportunity in front of him. So maybe this is a sign to pick him up now, stash him and use him when you need him. Yeah, absolutely. So my next guy is kind of on the same you know, tune. Alec Thomas of the Diamondbacks, another rookie that has come up. Um, he just came up last week has only played six games so far, but he's owned in 13% of ESPN leagues right now. And this is a guy you need to grab. I think we talked about him a little bit last week, but if you didn't get that message, then you need to get the message now because Alec Thomas is a top 30 prospect in baseball coming up. And this is a guy that's going to put the bat on the ball. A ton has upside for close to a 300 average, but that does not take away from that. He has a ton of power in this bat 2021, yeah. eight home runs in 34 games in AAA. before coming up. He had four bombs in 24 games and he's already hit one in the bigs. A lot of barrels are going to find that ball. I think this guy, they have no reason to send him down. They have no reason to send him down and he's going to hit at the top of this lineup. This is a not superstar in the making, but I would say he has as high of a floor as a lot of the as a lot of the top prospects out there right now. 
Oh, absolutely. And and what I really like about Alec Thomas, and you nailed, I mean, you absolutely hit the nail on the head right there. Uh, he's got a guy that can offer power. He also offers a ton of speed. Um, you've seen in his minor league career uh, over the course of, you know, a little over a thousand at bats, he's hit 34 home runs, uh, 43 steals though in that time. And he also hit for average uh, career 309 minor league hitter. And you're seeing at the major league level, it's translating and uh, 368 average right now on base percentage, 400 slugging 684. Uh, that OPS is over. A thousand. I mean, like this guy is tearing off the cover of the ball right now. And you do have to expect, uh, here's another thing with minor leaguers uh, that, turn obviously from the minor leaguers to the major leagues uh top prospects will sometimes go out to a hot start and then the league will catch up to them the thing is even if you see a little regression here he's still going to offer you the counting stats right he's a five category type guy and on top of that you know he's in a lineup that you mentioned he's not going to get sent down the diamondbacks have been playing shockingly great baseball i i Cannot believe I'm saying that right now. Uh, I was definitely dogging them at the start of the year as everybody else was. But Alec Thomas is a reason to get the fans in the stands. He's a legitimate reason um, to keep them in the lineup every day to get those Diamondbacks growing for what they want in two, three years from now. I, I don't see him ever getting sent back down. And quite frankly, I, I think that the average plays uh, even if it goes 20, 30 points down, if the league starts catching up to him. So snag him now, if you're in a standard one-year league, and if you're in a keeper league, you better be owning him. He already. was already owned. <laughs> he should, but, be um, you know, I would compare him staying on the diamondbacks train. I would compare him sort of to a David Peralta type where like very high floor, you know, he's going to hit close to 300. Maybe he won't offer the most power, but he's a 20 home run guy close to, 10, 15 bags and a good average. I, I'm loving Alec Thomas right now. Who's your next guy? Yeah, I have one last guy that I also kind of want to identify. Um, I'm a big fan of the guys that are less than 10% owned in Yahoo leagues. And so I'm going to go with the guy that's 6% owned right now. That would be Lamont Wade. Uh, the way that Lamont Wade hit last year, number one, as a Dodgers fan, he's the last person a Dodgers fan wanted to see because he absolutely torched them. But on top of that, from a fantasy perspective, this guy offers legitimate power, Colby. I got to tell you that I am pretty impressed by what that season he put together last year was. And this year he's taken off right where he actually started from last year. Um, the average is above 300. He's already shown he's got a little bit of pop there, slugging over 500. But the on-base percentage is just mind-blowing right now. It's over 450 at this time, at the time of recording, uh, despite the fact that his Giants are being crushed by the Cardinals on a Sunday night baseball game. Um, you know, his team is actually really putting together decent at-bats, and he's a key reason why at the top of that order. They're not going to move him out of that one slot, in my opinion. Uh, they do like to mix and match, so that's the only maybe concern I have. But he, he's proving to be a consistent hitter in this lineup. And at 6% owned right now, if you're in a deeper league, he qualifies at first base and outfield as well. He'll give you the power. He'll give you the RBIs. He's going to get on base. I, I think that's a great value right there. This is a super intriguing one because I think this is one that a lot of people forgot about because he was hurt for the first month of the season with a knee injury and just really just came back seven games ago. Um, last year, he was a guy that hit the ball really hard, 41% hard hit rate, hits the ball in the air a ton. Um, this Giants lineup is really sneaky. So if he's hitting in the leadoff spot of that Giants lineup, they're going to score a lot of runs, and you're going to want all the parts of that because if he's 6% owned, our deep league people out there, 
this is a guy you need because I, I know I'm probably going to run to my waiver wire. You probably already have him in our league. We play in a six team, 16 team league. And like you look at that waiver wire and there is nothing. You're clamoring for guys that are like half percent owned. So, but yeah, Lamont Wade Jr. Definitely a guy you need to go get right now. I'm going to stay on the diamondback strain for my last guy here. This lineup's just sneaky. We we've said it. Um, Christian Walker is a guy that, Rowdy Telez came on at the beginning of the year as just this masher. And I think Christian Walker is going to turn into that type. You know, Saris wrote about Christian Walker in one of his fantasy articles a couple of weeks ago and said, this is a guy that in three weeks is going to explode, but it's going to take time. And he has six bombs on the year already. 312 Woba, 392 X Woba, 48% hard hit rate. This guy mashes, puts the ball in the air a ton, and just hasn't had luck yet. So I'm just waiting for the breakout, but it's one of those guys that's hitting fourth in the Diamondbacks lineup, and you want to grab B for the breakout. Yeah, I, I like this one a lot. Uh, you've actually seen him in the past uh, produce, you know, big numbers. I mean, we're talking about a guy that in 2018 had max, I mean, his max exit velocity was 114, you know, and, uh, You've seen the power numbers before from him. I don't expect anything different. Uh, the average year, if you're playing in a league where average matters, then you know that that's going to be your one little drop off there. But he makes up for it with the pop that he's going to give you, the RBIs. And man, if you go to his baseball savant page, it is red everywhere. I mean, literally everywhere. His barrel rate, 93%. His max exit velocity. He's only striking out 20% of the time, too. He's not even yep. hurting you there. And he's walking a ton. So if you're in on base percentage league, he's 100 points above his average right now. So, yeah. Yeah. He's he's valuable. I like this one a lot. Um, and uh, I think that you're totally right. He's going to be a guy that's going to offer you major pop moving forward. All right, Dusty. Let's move on to pitchers. Everybody likes a streamer, but everybody also likes a streamer that has some upside. So give it to me. Yeah. Uh, you know, Colby, you and I, a couple of weeks ago when I was on this show, we talked about the value of the two start weeks, right? And so there are a lot of guys out there that I think that you could sit there and say, you know, there, there's a couple quality two start weeks. You got Corey Kluber, who's 53% owned, just a little above that threshold that we talked about. Jake Odorizzi, he popped off my. I, off the page on my eyes as well uh starts against the red sox and rangers uh brad keller has starts against the white sox and twins the matchup of madison bumgarner and tony gonsolin that's uh the dodgers and d-backs they also then go up against the cubs for bumgarner uh gonsolin goes up against the phillies i don't feel great about that one but um you got a couple good two starters the ones that i like though i'll start with this one jameson tyon he starts out on the road on Tuesday at the Orioles. I love the matchup there. He's looked great so far with how he's been pitching in New York. Uh, consistency is something that I really look for in these streaming starts. And for Tyon, he's been pretty near consistent over his last couple of starts. Uh, against Toronto, he goes five and a third. He basically shuts them down for the most part, allowing only two runs. Uh, he doesn't get a ton of Ks. Uh, that may be the one drawback that you get from him. But it's not like he's not going to put guys away either. He strikes out four to five guys to start. Uh, but he does that twice against the Blue Jays. Back-to-back -back starts. He gets a much easier match against the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, 
He did face them on April the 28th. He went four and two thirds innings pitch. So hopefully at this point, probably had his worst start of the year. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's the, maybe your biggest downside with that matchup is uh, that, you know, he didn't even look at that great and he still pitched well enough for fantasy numbers. So I, I think he comes back. He does much better in this matchup. Uh, Baltimore's not hitting the ball very well. Austin Hayes is hurt, so I expect that the lineup's not going to be quite as deep in that process, too. I I really like him in that start. And then the follow-up start is almost even better. He comes home. He faces a White Sox team that is not hitting well at all right now. Uh, By the way, Jameson Tyon, only 43% owned. I think that this is a guy that you absolutely have to stream this week for both of those matchups because, you know, you get the road against the Orioles. You get the home against the – light hitting White Sox team can't ask for much better from a guy that really has produced well to this point. Yeah, absolutely. I, I have two deep cuts this week. So you went for the 43% owned. I'm going to come with a much, much deeper cut. Here is Alex Fiedo. And you might, you might know him from his Florida days. He was a first round pick, had a lot of hype coming out of college. Um, took a while to get to the bigs you know he was a minor leaguer since 2018 now finally making his debut this year struck out a ton of guys in the minor leagues man this is a guy that has a lot of upside struck out 29 percent of batters last year in the minor leagues i think that this is a guy who now gets to face the rays who actually have been struggling they're 18th in wrc plus over the last two weeks he gets the guardians who our seventh over the last two weeks, and they've been one of the best offenses all year. But for a two-star guy with strikeout upside as a former top prospect, and he's owned in like less than 10% of leagues, I am all over it. Yeah, I really like this one a lot. Uh, in Yahoo leagues right now, owned by just 2%. So you talk about a deep cut. This is about as deep of a cut as it gets. I, you know, fun fact, you talked about his Florida days. I will never forget Alex Fiedo carving my alma mater TCU. So uh, there is a part of me that sits back and thinks about the the times where he really stepped up in a big situation. And, and he's done that. He's been there. And, and as you mentioned, the Rays lineup has not been consistent enough for me to really worry too much about that. Um, I think that it's a sneaky pick right here. Uh, Fiedo is a guy that I've kept my eye on over the past few years because of how well he pitched. Uh, during that college world series run uh, he, he's a guy that showed that he can pitch in the big games and i think that you know he's just being discovered by some people now and he kind of slipped off the radar of many people's radars because of that and it's uh, definitely I'm intrigued. it's definitely risky because he did face the pirates in his first start when five innings two burned then he gets the a's who are the worst offense in baseball five innings seven k's two earned I mean, good on him for, for really pitching well in both those starts, but also now he gets the real test. But I I think it's worth the risk. I, I think so, too. I, I believe in Fiedo personally. I think that he's kind of one of those guys that also we were talking about, a guy that has maybe a higher floor. Um, that's the kind of pitcher that he has. His walk rate is pretty, pretty consistent with what you want. Um, I think that he's going to be a guy that maybe doesn't strike out a ton of guys, but he's going to get you the outs and the ERA and whip necessary to help at least progress you moving forward. By the way, he's 26 years old. He's been around for a while, as you had mentioned. So um, it's not like he's fresh up and new uh, to pitching in bigger games uh, in that sense. Yeah, totally, man. You, it's all you. You go on to your next one, and then I'll, I'll finish this off. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think that Reed Detmers is the other guy that you got to keep an eye on. And of course, we all know about what Detmers did this past week against the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, but I, I want to talk more about just more than the no hitter. Uh, this guy has been looking much sharper. Uh, and also something that I really am intrigued by is the setup that he has for the upcoming week. So he starts out on the road on Tuesday at the Rangers, who have been just absolutely horrible at the plate. You got to take full advantage of that. Reed Detmer's coming off a high. His team has been hitting incredibly well. The Angels have some kind of magic this year. And Detmer's is clearly part of that that project that they're creating here to become maybe the first playoff team in seven years. I mean, that's something that I think every Angels fan has been waiting to hear for a while. Detmers looked incredible, though, against the Rays, had put out stuff. I expect him to take that momentum to Texas, continue that forward. And then it gets not much more difficult. Uh, his second start of the week, it'll be against the Oakland A's. So you talk about two division rivals that can't hit the ball worth that crap. I mean, right now, I, I think that this is the perfect time to stream him, take him while he's high. Uh, if you're in a keeper league, you probably should be owning him already. I like a lot of those guys that, you know, probably take the jump at them before they really progress. But I, I think that we've seen what Detmers is capable of doing and having these two matchups. I mean, they're easier matchups on paper than what you saw from the Tampa Bay Rays and he completely shut the door on them. So intrigued by that, um, kind of looking forward to seeing the start against the A's, but with the Rangers, I mean, you're talking about the 27th ranked team in that department and hitting overall OPS wise and, and the A's are dead last. So great matchups for him for a guy that is riding his absolute high. Detmers is the third top prospect from the, the lefty prospect group of Mackenzie Gore and Nick Lodolo. Detmers was kind of always like third fiddle in that group, but Really, really strong prospect coming out of either the minor leagues. Really great curveball. Fastball plays up in the zone. And last year had a 7.4 ERA because he was just leaving fastballs over the middle. If you leave fastballs over the middle, you will get hit no matter what. I mean, Hunter Green is like the example for that. He throws 100, 101. It doesn't matter if it's, if it's middle, middle. MLB hitters will find a way to smash it. And Detmers is finding a way to, to really find that command. Um, I think this is a guy that you pick up, you know, he just threw a no hitter. So he might be off your waiver while already, but um, I think it's a guy that you can pick up for the stream, but also keep for a while, which is important. Um, always looking for that upside. I'm going to give you a guy that is purely a streamer this week. Zach Logue. And you probably have never heard of this guy. Maybe you have. He came over in the Matt Chapman trade this winter. He's pitched really well so far in two starts, 1.35 ERA, eight strikeouts per nine right now. And he's walking just two per nine. I really like a, a two-start week for him this week. And, you know, again, it's a risk. But when you have a guy that's seemingly hot, I don't know how hot pitchers can be, but when you have a guy that's shown that he has some guts in his first two starts, I'm always happy to get on the train for the next two in the same week and kind of to reap the benefits here. Yeah, I, you know, I, it is risky. It is risky, but I really like this one, actually. And the more that I've kind of looked into it and thought about it, I do think, you know, from a simple streaming aspect, this is actually a very underrated move overall. You saw what he did already on the road in Minnesota. Um, he goes five innings. He strikes out five. He does get the loss, but, I mean, 
you know, that's a decent start. It wasn't classified as a quality start, but guess what he does in his next start? He goes on the road in Detroit, gets a quality start, shuts down the Tigers. He looks really good, Colby. I actually really like this pickup a lot, and he does face the Minnesota Twins. Uh, he gets the Twins start. and the Angels, which, like, two top offenses here, right? This is risky, risky, risky. What I'm a little nervous about, but I like it because <laughs> he, he showed already that he can go to Minnesota and – almost virtually shut that team down. He's progressively gotten better in every start. Um, you know, if you're talking about, if you're desperate for a stream and there's nobody out there, but you see Logue is out there. I, exactly. It's kind of worth the risk. I really do. No, I, I think that's the situation you're in, right? This is a deep cut. And I'm not saying if you're in a 10 or even sometimes in a 12 team league to go get a guy like this. But if you're really clamoring for a stream, this is the guy to go to behind Fiedo. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. And I, I would say this too. One thing that I always kind of look for is a guy that gets strikeouts. His paper nine is virtually nine at this time. So uh, you're talking about a guy that's going to get you those strikeouts, maybe not in mass numbers, but it's not like he's not putting guys away either, right? So I, I like the fact that he offers that. Um, the Minnesota Twins, their offense is good. It ranks 11th right now in OPS overall in the league. Uh, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, that's a team I don't want to touch at all. You know, I, I think that that stream is fine. I'm a little more concerned with the Angels. Uh, I think that you pretty much give him what he's got yeah. with the Twins, and then you, you may not want to start him against the I Angels. agree. I scary, agree. That's a very, very scary matchup. It's a scary one, and I just wanted to put it on everyone's radar. Um, I think I lean Fayeto in this one. Yeah, I would probably lean Fiedo as well. I, I like both of yours, Colby, because they're underrated. They're ones that you don't really sit there and and necessarily think to yourself, man, this seems like a good situation until you read deeper into it. And once you go between the lines, it, it makes a lot of sense. So I, I appreciate that one a lot. Actually. Yeah, I mean, I'm in a league. I'm in a 12-team league. And you would think that, you know, in every 12-team league, the waiver wire should be pretty full of options. And for hitters, it is. But for whatever reason, saves are not valued in this league enough so everyone goes after starting pitchers and so like you can go down the waiver wire and you are legitimately getting down to guys that are like three percent owned two percent owned like i picked up ross stripling for a stream a couple oh. weeks ago like that's that's the point of desperation i was at in a league like this so like i think there are people out there that really are desperate enough that they can pick up a zach Logue or an alex Fiedo. so i want to put those guys on your radar Dusty, that's going to do it today for not gambling advice, but I want to leave you with any final words. If you have anything to give to the people. Yeah. You know, one thing I will tell you is this, um, trust the fact that you, your conscience is probably going to be correct on these things, but dig deep into these matchups because there are a lot of teams right now that are really struggling offensively. If there's ever a time to stream pitchers, it may be right now. I think the ball is going to start jumping off the bat as it gets hotter. Um, you may be in more dangerous territory. And I'll also tell you this, do not stream Albert Pujols the pitcher because he served up a three run home run on Sunday night uh, as a pitcher to clean things up. Did not look good on the Hill. Um, he's much better as a guy that you keep off the waiver wire. <laughs> Oh, that'll do it today. Not Gambling Advice Monday episode. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Catch you next time.